0: Good morning. Well, we've been talking about prayer, and that's really what this month has been a focus on, and we're going to focus on it this afternoon down at the Riverwalk. We'll talk more a little bit about that in a minute. But what I've tried to do in this whole series, if you hear, and maybe you're new to this, you know, you're new to hope, or you're, you're, you've come to hope, but you haven't been here for the series. Let me just review quickly. The whole gist of what I'm trying to share from God's Word is that when we think of prayer, we, we need to stop thinking of it as a formula, as something we recite, and think of it more as a relationship, being with our Father. And, and I, I stated a couple of weeks, in the last couple of weeks, that being with God is the one thing, being with our Heavenly Father is the one thing that every one of us desperately needs. And here's the problem. We figured out how to live without him. We figured out how to get by without him. Yes, we call to him when we need him and we're in desperate trouble or, you know, we're, we're praying for safety and travel or for a thanks for a meal. Or, but essentially, we've learned to say, God, we know you're there and we believe in you, but we don't really rely upon you. We don't really bring our lives to you. And the sad part about it is, it's what we desperately need. And I shared how, at least in my life, and I think if, if you look at your life, you'll say the same thing, that most of the troubles and the struggles and the fears and all the, the stuff that's going on in my life really results because I just haven't spent enough time with my Father. And here's the thing that was just amazingly cool is that we talked about is that God wants to be with us. Because one of the problems we have is we say, well, I can't go to God. My life's a mess. And that's, that's like saying, I've got to get my... And, and I've heard people actually say that, well, I really can't go to God. I need to clean my life up. I need to get a track record. You know, something like that. Like God's waiting for us to achieve something before we're we're worthy enough to go into His presence and to be with Him. And... And that's kind of like I said last week, that's like having a, 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 a mortal wound or a gunshot wound and saying, Well, I better patch it up before I go to the hospital. No, go to the hospital, let them patch it up. God already knows, anyways. Well, you're not hiding anything from him. He's not like he's shocked, like, Oh, I didn't know about that. You know, I mean, he knows all that stuff. But here's the amazing thing He went to great lengths so that we could be with him. He sent his son Jesus to earth. And Jesus willingly went to a cross for you and for me so that we could have this relationship and be with him. Um, but like I said, we've this desperate need that we have to be with our Father is something that we've figured out kind of how to we've patched together things that kind of we can we can make it in life. The last thing we, we looked at last weekend we talked about how desperately Jesus needed to be with his father was always going off to be with his father and he didn't have to go to a certain place and at a certain time that wasn't the re- the reason he did that was to get away from all the distractions so that he could have alone time with his father And you do that anyways don't you with people you love and care about You say hey let's go out to dinner let's go let's get alone let's be alone let's get together and that's all he was doing he could be with the father and was with the father at all times that wasn't the issue but what i suggested was as he treasured his relationship with his father, so should we i mean if if he is <laughs> when he walked this earth, treasured that and, and and found every available moment to be with his father don't you think we need that too now? what I want to do is this weekend I want to look at how not this relationship isn 't open to everyone you know uh, it's an incredible- re- relationship, but it 's not open to everyone I like You know, Martin DeHaan summarizes kind of where I'm going to go a little bit this morning. He says, there are some who hold a view called the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. This does not reflect the teaching of the Bible. However, it is true that God is the creator of all. And in that sense, everyone is the offspring of God. But the relationship that a creature has with his Creator is not the relationship of a father to his children. The relationship that we have with God as our Father comes only through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to cite uh, John one twelve, where it says, "...but as many as received Him, Christ, to them He gave the power to become the sons, the daughter, children of God." See, it, it's not an automatic thing. It's not like you're born into a Christian family or born into a Christian nation or born into a Christian community and all of a sudden you happen to be a Christian. That's not the way it works. It, Jesus is pretty clear. To as many as received Him, to them He gave the power to become something I become. It's not something I am. It's something I become. Children of God. So the question I have for you is, have you ever become a child of God he created you in his image but have you become one of his children and that's a different thing that's a different thing so um, really what we're asking is have you asked him for forgiveness have you received Jesus as your Savior we call it crossing the line receiving Jesus as Savior uh, becoming a believer uh, becoming a Christian uh, See, if you don't have a relationship with God the Father, it makes sense that, frankly, prayer doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's like talking to a total stranger, right? So here's the idea I want you to, to, to look at this weekend. Prayer is, is not possible apart from our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And, and unless you have a relationship with the Father through the Son, you'll never understand prayer. But here's the good news, and this is really where I want to spend the rest of my time this this uh, morning, is this. If you call upon the Savior, you can have this most significant relationship in all the universe, and you can be with your Father today. You could walk in today, not have a relationship with Jesus, not have a relationship with your Father in Heaven, not be able to call Him really Father, but you can walk out today and call Him Father. It, could, it, it can happen today. Just like yesterday, I did a wedding. And... Uh, the couple came in and they weren't married. And by the way, the, the priest or the pastor doesn't make them married. All he does is he is affirms the the commitment that they make to each other when they give their vows, they're just committing their lives to one another. The the husband commits that I will love you no matter what. And the wife commits, I will love you no matter what. And the rings are a symbol that I'm committed to you. And I wear that around. And some of us are wearing rings. And it's, it's a sign of our commitment that we made however many years ago to another person. What did Jesus do when He got on the cross? He committed His life to us. He says, I give my life to you. And so He's waiting. For us to commit our lives to him. And that's how we receive Jesus Christ. We call upon the Lord. We commit to him. We say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I'm helpless. I'm hopeless. And I give my life to you. As you gave your life to me, I give my life to you. I don't know what that means down the road. But I know what it means right now that I'm trusting you as my only hope, as my only path of salvation, as my only way to the Father. Have you done that? Because once you do that, you begin a new relationship. And we'll talk more about that. Now, some of you are here this morning and maybe you've heard me talk about a heavenly father and you go, you know what, that doesn't do much for me. In fact, I'm not real encouraged, you're interested or excited about that because I didn't have a very good father. Maybe you had um, an MIA father missing in action. He was never there. Maybe you don't even know who your father was. You were raised by your mother, your grandparents. By you, maybe you were uh, adopted. Maybe you were um, in foster care. But you don't know who your dad was. You don't know who your father was. In fact, the census data says this: the percentage of children living with their mother without a father present uh, varying wide uh, uh, varies wide among race and origin groups. In two thousand nine, uh, from eight percent for Asian to fifty percent for Black children, seventeen percent of non-Hispanic white children and 26% of Hispanic children all lived with their mother only. So that just means that there's a whole lot of people out there that have never lived with a, with a dad, with a father. And uh, you may be one of those. It may be that you were one that maybe your father was there, but he was very neglectful. He was so busy taking care of himself and his own needs that he had nothing to give to you. He was maybe involved in sports or business or, or hobbies or whatever it was, but it wasn't you. He didn't really have a lot of time for you. Maybe you were part of a... Maybe, you're, maybe these first two situations you say, I wish I had that because I actually had a father in my, in, 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 when I was raised. But he was abusive. He was verbally and emotionally abusive. He was physically abusive. I've got the marks to show it. I still have the scars to show it. Emotional scars, physical scars, because he beat me up. Uh, some fathers express payback anger towards their children. You embarrass me, now I'm going to embarrass you. You hurt me, now I'm going to hurt you. Maybe you had a father like that. So when I start talking about having a heavenly father, you go, you know, I'm not interested in that. I went through that. The reason many parents hurt their children is because they are broken people. They are abused people. They are hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. I mean, it's trite, but it's true. Some people just grow up in a bad environment. They don't know any better, and they hurt others. They hurt their children. And what I want to say to you is, God isn't broken. He isn't lacking. He he has an eternity of love to give to His children. And that's what I want to do. I want to try to help you because I think every one of us, in our hearts, and our minds, we know there's this ideal or better or good father out there. We know what it looks like. We may not have experienced it. So we really can't give up on fatherhood at all because we know there are good dads out there. But let me give you a picture. Let me try to rebuild and give you a picture of our heavenly father because scripture has many words to say about our father in heaven. Psalm 103 says this, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserved. For His unfailing love towards those who fear Him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to His children, tender and compassionate to those who fear Him. For He knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Some of you are saying, I don't want to go to the Father. I'm afraid to go to Him. What if He finds out what I've been thinking, what I've been doing, my fears, my, my, my lack of faith, whatever it is? And I would say, here, He already knows. <laughs> he knows that you're just dust. He knows all your weaknesses. And you know what the best part about it? He still wants to be with you. And, and He's not like a human father because human fathers are needy. Human fathers need to get love back. Sometimes human fathers only love if they'll get love back. They only give if they'll get something back. And God says, I don't need anything. You couldn't give me anything anyways if you wanted. I don't need anything from you. I just want to love you. I just, I just want to love you. You see, our Father isn't quick-tempered. He's slow to anger. And He doesn't deal with us harshly. He doesn't give us what we might deserve. He, he, he has unfailing and overwhelming love. He doesn't need our love to love us. You see, we all need someone who can be emotionally involved with us, but really doesn't have an axe to grind. In other words, they can be emotionally involved with us, but they're not hurt by us. They're not threatened by us. They're not put off by us. And that's our Father in heaven. Our Father can love us like this. I think we do have positive examples of a Father. We all have an idea, but the greatest example is the one that Scripture gives us. The scriptural picture is the one that I want to fill out today. Now, as I said before, as we cross this line of faith, as we call upon the Lord, as Jesus says, I give my life to you, and we say, I give my life to you, and we cross that line of faith, we call upon the Lord, we become children of God. Paul says something very interesting in Galatians about our relationship. He says this, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, uh, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights as sons. You can add sons and daughters there. Because you are sons, sons and daughters. God has sent His Spirit, uh, the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but you are a son, a daughter. And since you are a son or a daughter, God made you also an, an heir formally. When you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not God's. Now this passage shows us three pretty incredible things about our Father in heaven and our relationship to Him. And again, that relationship can only come when we know Jesus Christ. But three things. Number one, our Father wants to be with us. Maybe you had a dad who who was distant or vacant or whatever. He wasn't there or whatever. Or maybe he was there, but he didn't want to be with you. You have a heavenly Father that wants to be with you. He sent His Son so that you could be with Him. Jesus gave His life so that you could be with Him. He wants to be with you. We're redeemed and adopted. Our Father wants to be with us so much that He sent Jesus to bring us to Him. And because of Jesus, we can have our sins forgiven. We can be with our Father. And and not only that, we're adopted into a new family. We're now His sons and daughters. We're not slaves, we're sons and daughters. We have a new standing with our Father in heaven. We've been brought into a new family. I don't know what kind of father you had, but I know the father you can have. You see, you can look back and say, I didn't have a father, I had a bad father and all that. I understand that. But you can also say, but I have a father. See, here's, I'll talk about this in a minute, but my point I want you to see here is this. You have a father who wants you and wants to be with you. You have a father who provided a way for you could find forgiveness and freedom and be with him. Secondly, our father values us. He not only wants to be with us, he values us. We're no longer slaves, we're sons, we're daughters. We're not, Jesus doesn't save us so that we can be still be slaves. In fact, the slavery that he, that Paul's talking about is the slavery to sin. That we couldn't could say no, we couldn't say no to, to sin that we were slaves to sin. Jesus said this very clearly. He says anyone who sins is a slave to sin. The Bible says that if you've never called upon Jesus, you don't know freedom. You 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 are a slave to sin. That Jesus died on the cross so that we could be set from the power of sin and death. We no longer are enslaved by it and we're not only adopted as sons and daughters But we've been set free and we're part of a family We're brothers and sisters in the faith and many times we call each other brothers or sister um, We all call God our father. We have been set free if you never call upon Jesus You may not know it, but you are a slave only Jesus can set you free now Jesus doesn't set us free to be alone, he sets us free to be part of something bigger than ourselves, part of a family. And when you're adopted into a family and maybe you've lived alone, now you have to understand you're part of something bigger. And that's why when I talk to Christians or people who say, I'm a, a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm a Christian. And I say, well, are you connected to a church family? No, I'm not. They're hypocrites. I don't like what goes on there. And, and I would just say that's rejecting your adopted family. You're part of a family. And it, by the way, it's the bride of Christ too, so let's be careful about how we criticize his church, because that's like criticizing the bride. You don't do that generally, if you have any common sense, to the groom. <laughs> Boy, she's ugly. What were you thinking? And let's face it, we are ugly, spiritually speaking. I mean, it says we had nothing that was attractive, but he somehow for some reason said you're beautiful i love you i want to be with you and and why do we get all caught up with this thing well i wish i were more pretty you know i wish wish as a christian i was more pretty so that i could be more acceptable and you know go he already knows what you look like and he accepts you and he loves you get over it you know go to him with everything he knows it anyway third our father embraces us were moved by His Spirit to cry out, Abba, Father. You know, in the the Old Testament, no one ever called God their Father. No one. It was unheard of. You didn't call God. God was kind of arm's length. God was in the tabernacle or in the temple, and only one person would go in. It was arm's length. And then Jesus comes to earth, and He says to His disciples, because they say, well, how should we pray? And He says, pray like this. And he doesn't say, "God, you holy God." He he says, "Pray like this, our Father." That was that was revolutionary. Now for us, it's well. It seems normal for us. It seems like that's what you always do. And and, and it wasn't. It was it was very new. Um, Abba is a word that children used in their Jewish homes. They called their 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 they're human fathers, Abba. When a child was, was weaned, he would say Abba or, or Daddy. Daddy is the word, you know, Papa. Think of Papa, think of Daddy. That's the idea of Abba. You know, we, we use words like mum or mama or something like that. It's, it's kind of like that with, with Dad. And, and it's likely that when Jesus was growing up, he called Joseph Abba. It was a very common name. And so he gives this very personal, very very, uh, human name to our Heavenly Father. He says, Abba, Father. The Spirit of God. And the Bible says one of the signs that you're a follower of Jesus Christ is you receive the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God within us causes us to call out, Abba, Father. Abba is recorded in Jesus' prayer, as I said. and He said, here's how you pray. Abba Father. You know, I was thinking about this. I was raised in a in a home. I had my dad was there, my mom was there, and uh they had a fairly good relationship. I had a good father, he worked hard, he provided for us, he was um kind of a strict disciplinarian. I mean I have five brothers, so I mean figure it out, you know. Kind of get you know. Let's just say the belt was used for something other than keep your pants up. <laughs> um, but my my point is this: he was a good dad, and 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 yet there was something. It, I you know, go, growing up, I just felt like there was something missing. There was like kind of an arm's length. It was like he couldn't relate on a on a deeper level with me on just. I mean, I would never go to him and talk to him about my thoughts or my feelings or th- things like that. He was too busy. You, you had to catch him at the right time. And, he, you know, just there were some moods and stuff like that. And again, I had a good father. I'm not, I not understand that. But, but the point is, what I realized later on in my life was I was asking my father to be my Abba father. And he couldn't. He had no capacity to do that. And every one of us in this room needs an Abba No matter how good your Father is, He will never, ever be able to be Abba Father. Never. He's always going to fail you somehow. He's always going to have a bad day or struggle or I want to hear it or it's a bad time or whatever it is. Not our Abba Father. He's not like that. And what I realized was, I was asking my earthly father to be my heavenly father. And he couldn't do it. He wasn't made to do it. He had his own life, he was struggling with his own fears and things. And maybe what you need to understand is, you have a father who wants to be with you so much. That He sent His only Son to earth so that you could be with Him any time, any place, any circumstance. That's why those words of Jesus are so powerful in Revelation where He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'm always ready. I'm always willing. I'm always available to be with you. And Paul says that one of the signs of sonship that being a son or a daughter is that we have His Holy Spirit within us and His Spirit will cause us to cry out at times, Abba, Father. Now, secular, the secular world basically says religion is something that man creates. That we can't cope with the world. We can't explain the world. So what do we do? We create a God so that we can say that's how it happened. That He's over these things. So we can't explain, like, natural disasters. We can't explain, like, sickness. We can't explain different things. So we say, God did it or something. So now that we have science, we say, we know how many diseases spread. We know how natural disasters happen for the most part. So science has been able to explain a lot of things. So now the modern world, the scientific and naturalistic view, the secular view basically says, you don't need God anymore. Whatever questions you might have, there's a logical, reasonable answer. You don't have to create a God for that. In fact, that's kind of a weak thing to do. And I would just say to you, no matter where we go in scientific discovery, and we've made some incredible scientific discoveries, and we're going to make more and more and more, we're never going to get to the point, we're never going to get to the point where science is able to tell us why we desperately need a heavenly Father. Why our souls are empty. Because science can't speak to the spiritual part of us. It can't. It can't address... Yeah, it can say it's a chemical reaction of the brain. It can say that. But we know better than that. We know that there's a heavenly Father out there. And so Scripture tells us That the Spirit has come within us to affirm to us that we have an Abba Father, and that we can cry out. We can cry out Abba Father when we're lonely. We can cry out Abba Father when we're afraid. When a little boy, a little girl is in a room and it's dark at night, and they hear a noise and they cry out, "Daddy." You say that's what they ought to do. They're afraid. We can cry out when we're fearful. We can cry out when we're angry. We can cry out when we're disappointed. We can cry out when we're mocked, we're betrayed, or hurt. We can cry out when we see injustice, when we see people suffering. We say, Ah, but Father. One of the things that I've noticed recently the enemy does is, and i talking about demons and Satan and that, is they'll give you hope. There's, a, there's like this little bit of hope that you'll get, and then they'll pull the carpet out. They'll dash it. And at those times you cry out, Abba, Father, I placed my hope in the wrong place. Disappointed. See, when we come to Him, and this is, the, this is where I think we make our huge mistake. We come to him, we see him as a formal father, maybe like our father or a distant father or an abusive father. And what I'm saying is, no, 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 no. Build, build it on what Scripture says who he is. He's compassionate, forgiving. He knows that we are dust. He knows our weaknesses. And he says, I'm ready. I'm available. I've sent everything. I've provided. I so desperately want to be with you that I sent my son. If, if you don't understand that, you don't understand his love for you. And he says, come to me and talk to me about everything. Cry out, Abba, Father, when you don't understand, when you're afraid, when you're going through all those things. Don't don't think of me as behind some desk, behind some doors that you have to knock or get permission or make an appointment. You can come to me anytime. I think the Puritan Thomas Goodwin put it well. He, He pictures a father on a journey with his son and they're holding hands. The son knows that this man is his father and that his father loves him. But suddenly, the father stops, picks up his son, embraces and kisses him. The father puts him down again. And they continue on their journey. And he goes on to say this. The son is no more a son son when he is being embraced than he was before. The father's action has not changed the relationship of the son's status. And he says, what is different? He says it's a wonderful thing to be walking hand in hand with your Heavenly Father. It's an incomparably greater thing for God's children to have our Father's arms enfolded around us, embracing us, and pouring out His love upon us. And we cry out, Abba, Father. Because we know He's there. And He loves us. And He understands Better than anyone ever could. Better than any human father could. That's our Abba Father. What I want you to take away this weekend is this. You have a Father in heaven who so wants to be with you. But until you cross that line of faith, He's unavailable. Because you have made Him unavailable to you. You see, Jesus says to you, I love you this much. I give my life to you. And then it's up to us to decide whether we're going to give our life to Him. But once we cross that line, we become part of the family. We're adopted into a new family. We're, our love. His love for us is proof. And most of all, He gives us a spirit that in, from our innermost soul being, we cry out, Abba, Father, in all times, good and the bad and the in-between. Would you stand with me? May God help us to see ourselves in the loving, strong arms of our Father. And may we see prayer as a way that we can crawl up into His loving, strong arms. Let's pray. Help us, Father, to see our Abba Father, our Father in Heaven, who so desperately wants to be with us that He gave Him, His only Son, to provide that way into the arms. May we find that embrace. May we cry out from deep within, in all times, in all ways, Abba, Father. Amen.